Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. is airing on Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020. Hi everyone, this is Shannon and I am here with some great new stuff to talk about. Um, first up, we have an interview that Stacy and Natalia were lucky enough to be able to do with author Lissa K. Adams. So they're going to be talking with her about her Bromance Book Club series. So definitely stay tuned for that. And then after that, I have some new releases to talk with you about. So let's get started. We will go straight into the housekeeping information, and then you can hear our interview. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. And now, here are Stacy and Natalia as they talk with Lissa K. Adams. Welcome to Book Bistro. This is Stacy, and I am joined today by Natalia. And we are both so excited to welcome Lissa K. Adams, the author of the Bromance Book Club series, to Book Bistro this morning. The Thank third book in this series. Oh, we're so excited to have you. The third book in this series, Crazy Stupid Bromance, came out on October 27th. And the entire series was absolutely fabulous. And I particularly enjoyed the third book. And we'd love it if you could start us off by just telling us a little bit, uh, giving us an intro to the book and maybe just sort of to the series in general. Sure. So I'll start with the series um, as a whole, that the Bromance Book Club is about a group of men. It's based in Nashville, and it's about a group of men who have a secret book club where they read romance novels um, because they are convinced that romance novels, particularly those that, the ones that they're reading written by women, um, can give them insights into what women want in a relationship and and to um, help them understand love and relationships a little bit better by sort of viewing the world through the lens of of a of a woman. Um, and and so the third book features two characters that you meet and you know along the course of the series, although you don't have to read them in order, but you will have met if you've read the previous ones and you will have met these two characters, Noah and Alexis. And Noah is a um, one of my one of my favorite characters. He's um, a computer specialist, um, former hacktivist, and Alexis is a um, owns a, a cat cafe, um, which if you've ever been in an actual cat cafe, they're so fun. Um, <laughs> and she calls it Toe Beans. I was very proud of myself for coming up with that. Now I want a real cafe somewhere named Toe Beans. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> That's super cool. And so Alexis, when you meet her, um, she is coming off of a very... Um, 
um, sort of um, unusual time in her life. She, um, it, uh, several months before the book starts, was uh, came forward as the victim of a um, of sexual harassment by a celebrity chef. And so she's sort of become a little bit famous since she didn't really want to be. And so she's just trying to go on with her life following this. And instead, um, a woman comes in and tells her, hey, we're I'm your long lost sister. And guess what? Our, our father uh, needs a kidney and we'd like you to get tested to see if you're a match. And so, um, and so she and Noah are best friends and she turns to Noah for his help and his support through this very touchy situation. And, uh, you know, as, as, as happens in a friends to lovers trope, um, their friendship becomes a lot more um, also with the help of the bromance book club. Well, well, I've really, really appreciated how, incredibly unique your series is uh you know you said it yourself that it's about men who are reading romance novels to understand things through the lens of women so what was your inspiration for this really cool unique take on a in a series of romances so it was actually kind of twofold. And one is that it's just kind of a, a, a running joke I think you know within the romance author community that we wish the men in our lives actually read romance, read what we read and what we <laughs> right. write, you know, because, yeah. um, you know, we, we know that romance novels, um, are, you know, celebrate the lives of, of women in a way that other genres don't, that they, you know, that they are about our inner lives in a way that we don't see reflected in other genres. And, mm -hmm. and frankly, they are, they are how we want it. They, they celebrate how we want to be treated, it, it, treated in relationships and, and in life. And, but the, <laughs> what happened was, um, Donald Trump got elected in 2016. <laughs> and, and I love like, it. <laughs> so after the Hollywood Access tape came out, you know, the notorious Hollywood Access tape, you know, I, I think like a lot of women, I was just completely fed up at that point with this idea that, uh, that men can be exposed over and over and over again for behaving in truly toxic ways and still be celebrated and still be elevated to the highest ranks of power and, and, and can be, you know, people apologize for that behavior. Um, and I, th I was in such the throes of, you know, basically depression after that, that I was like, I need to write something. I need to, I need to write men how I wish men were. <laughs> so, this is so amazing. So, that is so cool. <laughs> so I sat down and I was like, I'm going to write this book about men reading romance novels. And so that very first, um, the very first scene I wrote for the very first book was in, you know, the first book, Romance Book Club, Gavin is the main character. And, um, you know, he thinks he's, you know, his friends are just going to cheer him up because his marriage is, you know, on the brinks. And instead they throw a romance novel at him and they're like, welcome to the <laughs> so book club. Welcome to the book club. <laughs> and, um, and, and so that, you know, that was the very first scene that I, I wrote. Um, and I was like, this is, this is going to get me through the next four years. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, now that you mention toxic uh, exposure of men and, and toxic things, uh, you really do tackle a lot of very important issues in these books. What what prompted you to tackle all of these deep topics and incorporate them into these romance novels? 
Yeah, and it's interesting because they are, it is a romantic comedy series. And so somehow I, you know, it's it's been difficult to write because I do try to tackle very real, serious issues sort of, you know, in the framework of a comedy. Um, but part of my reasoning there is, is that we want these issues to be accessible to people, you know. And so mm-hmm. one of the, um, you know, one of the reasons I delve into these things is because um, the broader theme to all of these books is, in fact, toxic masculinity and right. and um, and 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 sort of helping men strip away some of the things that they've been taught really since childhood about you know that men don't show emotion, men can't be vulnerable, and mm-hmm. um, and so you know I just I sort of my philosophy on writing is just sort of go all in, right? If I'm going to write a book, I'm going to write about the issues that, that, that are in my head, you know, the worst issues that I, that I deal with and that I think about. And, and uh, so that's how I just decided I was going to, I was going to throw it all in there. (laughs) Well, and as we're kind of talking about, it's just so, I have to say, I was a little late to the bromance book club party. Um, I just started (laughs) them. (laughs) I started them earlier this year. And such a breath of fresh air in the midst of COVID and this toxic like election year and all the <laughs> right. things that are, I just wanted to like lose myself in this world and these characters. And they just, they make me so happy. Like I just, I really love this series. Oh, and yeah. And, and one of the things that I do love most is how you really flipped traditional gender roles on their heads. I mean, not to, be spoilery, but we have a character in this book, one of the heroes from a previous book, and he's planning the wedding and all of his friends are sort of acting in the, you know, kind of role of what a traditional bridesmaid would typically do. And, you know, so I love it. (laughs) Yes. and, And what I appreciate about all this is how you're able to write these heroes who still uh, are sexy and masculine, but yet are able to be, you know, very vulnerable and yeah. a little bit more open. And, you know, was that a, was that a challenge for you to kind of flip that all around? Yes and no. I mean, I think the, um, the, they, they tend, those scenes, for example, in, you know, in Crazy Stupid Romance, that the, one of the things they're doing is planning the wedding of, you know, the previous characters. And, and, and so those scenes are challenging in that, um, I have to make these guys sound like people you'd actually want to, you know, sit down and hang out with. And you totally right. did. <laughs> without, you, did. you know, without making it seem like over the top cliche, like you still want these guys to sound real as if. And so basically all I do is I say, okay, so what, how would my friends and I talk about these issues <laughs> and just make them men? <laughs> I mean, I just. <laughs> You know, so I basically take women's conversations and and have me, make men have them and show that, you know what, guys, it doesn't make you any less sexy. It doesn't make you any less masculine, you know, to admit that you really enjoy studying the language of flowers, you know, yeah. that, you, <laughs> well. you know that, that, that you, you know, that you really care about the lighting scheme at your wedding reception. Like it doesn't, you know, these are just, you know, I just... I just make them who they are. They just happen right. to be having conversations that we tend to think fall under the, the umbrella of women's issues or women's interests. And without getting spoilery, I have to tell you that the scene at the spa, I died just a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> that it was, was so fun to write. That was very fun to write. Oh, that I, was I mean, amazing. did you laugh? Do you ever laugh out loud, like writing some of these things? And, you know, I mean, just they're so entertaining. <laughs> 
sometimes, yeah, sometimes I do, you know, I kind of giggle at like when I start to think about what would be the, you know, what would these guys say right now? And I start to giggle thinking about that. <laughs> but I've never really like belly laughed at my own stuff until my friend forced me, my friend Mika Usher, she's an author. She sat me down and she's like, no, you have to listen to the audio book. The audio. Yes. Book. Yes. That's <laughs> true. The narrator is incredible. I, he, I listen to snippets and then I just like, I have to stop. I'm one of those weird people that can't listen to my own audiobooks. Um, she made me listen to one of the scenes from Undercover Bromance, the, you know, now notorious scene with the Russian. Yes. And, you know, as they're like in in the secretly hiding in the office and oh. he had to And she made me listen to that on audiobook. And I did laugh because the, the narrator did such a good job, you know, um, describing that unfortunate um, gastrointestinal. Oh. Yes, I had tears. I was laughing so hard at that scene. That was just... <laughs> We're um, we're huge audiobook readers on this we, podcast. Oh, right? Yes, yes. I just can't listen to my own. I, <laughs> I don't know if I could either, so I don't blame you. But it's as Stacy, <laughs> as Stacy said, we really loved your books, and they have been such a fresh of breath air. Uh, I'm sorry, breath of fresh air, <laughs> especially during what we're we're going through now as a country and as a people. And also there's something I've never read before. You know, it's a very unique take. And not only did we love the books you actually wrote, but we are very big fans of the books that these characters were reading in all the, in all the, <laughs> you know, the, the secret baby book, the, right. the second book and the, in the historical book with the Duke. So I just want to know, do you ever plan to write these books in their entirety, the books that these these gentlemen are reading in their book club? You know, I would love to. I think it would be fun to have, I, you know, I don't know if it's something that would actually be, you know, published, you know, um, or not, but to, to at least write them and have them as content, of, you know, as, to make them available to people who like on my newsletter list or something. But <laughs> right. I do, because I do kind of fall in love a little bit with some of these you know, many characters that show up a little bit. I, you know, I, I enjoy their stories too. Um, and the one that I'm currently working on right now for the next book in the series, um, I especially am, am falling in love with and really want to write the full thing. So. Well, shifting gears just a little bit mm -hmm. um, in your bio, I saw that you, um, you know, you've been reading romance for a while um, mm -hmm. and it's, 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 clear in the way that you honor just the genre in general and just various tropes that we all love. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about who uh, some of your um, sort of favorite romance authors are or ones that you've read in the past that sort of yeah. influenced your writing? You know, so I think probably the biggest influence on me as a writer would be um, Susan Elizabeth Phillips. Oh, yes. Um, yes. I love her series. She, you know, she just has a way of, um, she's an, it's interesting, you know, when authors read, I think, things differently than, than, than readers do. And she's someone who's so adept at, you know, being able to convey what a character is thinking or Miss, how someone's in misinterpreting something without really going deeply into their point of view. And she's just such a great character, um, a, a good person for authors to study about how to, about body language and mm -hmm. sort of, you know, the, the missing context of a scene. But her, I think probably I've been very influenced by how she portrays men in her books, that her guys are often very vulnerable as well. 
So I would have to say that she's my all-time favorite. What I'm currently reading right now, though, is I'm absolutely in love with Alexa Martin. Have you guys read her series? Oh, my gosh. First of all, she's just a lovely human being, period. I don't know if you've you've had a chance to meet her or interview her. She's not yet. Oh, my gosh. She's just an amazing human being. And, you, you know, so when you know her and then you read her books, you're like, Yes, that you can see that coming through, just the depth there. Um, so I am in love with her series right now about the, you know, about football players and their um, families and, and their relationships. Um, she's, I, I would have to say that she's starting to influence me a little bit in that way that authors have where we're like, yeah, I'm never going to be this good. So I don't, I should <laughs> hang it up, you know, but um, <laughs> so she's definitely someone I'm just reading so much right now. And I would have to say the other um, person who, uh, you know, going way, digging way into the way back, I actually think the first author, romance author I read was probably Laverle Spencer. Oh my gosh. Oh my do, you do you like Laverle? Do you know Laverle? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. She was one of my first back in the day. And the, the one about, oh my gosh, I could have said the name of the book if, if we weren't actually talking about it, but sure. the 1940s era book about the, um, oh, the woman, the, the widow and the, um, yes. oh, oh my, my gosh, God. I'm blanking. Of course, I can't come up with the title. Isn't it like Morning Glory? Morning Glory. Yeah. Morning I knew Glory. Natalia. I love yep. that yes. book. Oh, yep. that is such a good one. In fact, I have on my, my permanent keeper shelf of one of her books. It's called Separate Beds. Did you guys? Oh yes. Yeah, yes. I did. I, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Like that's one of my comfort reads. I go back and reread that one every once in a while. And um, so definitely, I would have to say, I'm sure she influenced me because she was my first, you know, entrance into the romance genre and really my favorite author for so long. Right. And speaking of comfort reads, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know about you, but I, when I go back to my comfort reads, I always have comfort tropes. Like I'm, I'm in the mood to read about this trope today. And I see that in in these books in particular, you feature tropes, but not only do you feature them, you have the book club actually talking about the tropes and, and that you write them in also in not only in the books, but the books you're featuring in the novels. So Mm -hmm. can you tell us about what are some of your favorite tropes? Is there a trope that you like more than any other trope? Like yeah, you know, it's um it's funny because I um I yeah, I'm such a I read so widely across the genre that I really do I can't think of anything that I just like I hate. But I would have to say that one of the tropes I absolutely adore is in fact is in fact the trope of the first romance book club and that is um, um marriage and trouble which that's my normally favorite that's trope. That's too. A, I was just really, oh, I'm so glad to hear that. That I is love, my favorite trope ever. I love those stories because you jump right into like the deep end of the emotional pool at the beginning of those books, right? Like there's already this history between them and, um, you know, so, and and we usually see it in the historical romance Mm -hmm. genre um, because it's makes a lot more sense in historical time periods when people literally couldn't get divorced, they got to figure this out or be miserable forever. But, um, you know, so I, I love those stories because you do just jump right into, um, the heart of the matter. Like you, you're just sucked right into their, their issues. And so I love that trope so much. Yeah. That's amazing. That is my favorite trope. <laughs> That's so funny. When you said that, Natalia, I, I was like, Oh, Natalia. <laughs> um, so kind of shifting gears again, um, our, a lot of our listeners love to hear about, um, an author's writing process. And I guess in addition to kind of knowing a little bit, if you're comfortable sharing about your process, Maybe expanding to say, um, 
you know, do you have any words of wisdom for aspiring authors in addition to? So my process, yeah, I mean, I both, both of those, I'm totally, I can totally talk about. Um, My my process I describe is very chaotic and it tries. I love it. I'm sure it drives my agent and my editor crazy, I'm sure. Um, but I think it goes back to that my my professional writing training is is in journalism. I was a reporter, mm-hmm. a newspaper reporter for almost 20 years. And so um, you write on the fly always. There's no, you know, you you report your story and then you and then you crank out as much as you can, and then you go back and layer in and you fill it in and you and you fix it and edit it and revise. And so I see these authors who sit down and and they say, you know, chapter one, and then they finish chapter one, and then they go on to chapter two. Like my eye starts to twitch when I think about writing. (laughs) I cannot do that. Like my, I, I, sorry, this is going to sound a little bit vulgar, but I, I, I consider my first draft, the process I call is puking up on the page. I love it. I love it. Whatever's in my brain for a while. And and then I go back, you know, once I reach like 60, 70,000 words of a first draft, then I go back and I start to move things around and I start to figure out, okay, what was my brain trying to tell me here? Why did I have her say this here? You know, what was, what little seeds, were, you know, were was my brain planting throughout this book that I can nurture and grow into something bigger? And it is it is very chaotic because usually I end up leaving about 20,000 words on the cutting room floor, you know, um, <laughs> when all is said and done. So there's a little bit of waste there, but um, it, it uh, it's really the only way I can, I know how to write is to just let my brain go for a while and then nurture it and sort of let it grow and, and revise it from there. Because um, I think writers' brains are just kind of like both scary but amazing places you know I mean we do have like entire worlds that we live in in our own heads and yet um we are able to you know the the process that that our brain goes through to sort of bring that that world onto the page is is really kind of fascinating and it's um it's fun to see what what your your brain has come up with you know along the way (laughs) yes but in terms of advice for aspiring writers you know my two two pieces of advice is one is embrace the art of crappy first drafts you don't worry about perfection when you're trying to write that first draft because if you perfection you know perfection has killed more writing writing dreams than rejection ever could um because i feel like so many people sit (laughs) wonderful I'm gonna I feel frame like so that. many people yeah. sit down and they think, oh my God, what I wrote today is so bad. I'm just, you know, I'm gonna have to keep revising it till it's perfect. If people could see what my first drafts look like, they'd wonder how I ever got a publishing contract. It's you have to just write now and edit later. And the more that you can stick with that, eventually what you write and what you edit becomes exactly what you want it to be and something that is some you know that an editor and an agent is going to want as well you just have to stick with it and realize that you can't strive for perfection when you're drafting because you won't get there that is such wonderful thank you wonderful <laughs> advice it's probably uh, some of the best advice i i have heard uh, is- <laughs> Especially for those of us who who like to write and we read mm-hmm. books and we see them so structured and mm-hmm. we we think, how will I get there? 
So oh, thank it's, you. Thank you. It's for that. such a, I mean, I, I think about, you know, for example, I'm in revisions right now for the fourth book in the series. Yay. And, <laughs> yeah. Yay. And there's a scene that in the first draft, you know, in the original, what I sent to my editor, there's a particular scene that I had occurring, you know, like in the first half of the book and I have now moved it almost to the end. So, oh. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it, you just, you, you have to trust your brain that it's putting things on the page for a reason and you can make them better later. I, I like that. I really do. Thank you. <laughs> so welcome. as far as writing, you say that you're revising the fourth yeah. book. Yes. And, you know, I'm, I'm already with my crazy, stupid romance hangover. And I'm sure Stacy can agree. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> so we want to know what can we expect from you in the future? And not only that, I just need to know that the Russian gets his book. Please. 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 <laughs> well, you are in luck because that is the fourth book. Is the Russian <gasps> book. <Yay! laughs> Happy day. Yes, his book will be out June 15th. I'm just finishing up revisions on his book. And um, it's called, yep, it's called Isn't It Bromantic? And, um, you know, the funniest thing about him is that I never, when I wrote that first book, and really even the second book, never intended for him to get his own book. (laughs) He was just supposed to be comic relief. I mean, for reasons you can surmise, you know. Right, right. (laughs) How the heck do I turn this guy into a romance hero? And I'm looking forward to seeing how you do that. (laughs) (laughs) But we started, you know, people started saying, please give the Russian a book. And so I... I just started thinking about it. My editor started thinking about it. And I'm like, you know what? I actually could come up with a story for him that would be really, really good. And so, um, yeah, so I'm having a great time with his story. And that will be out in June. So um, oh, this is the best day of my life. Like, yeah. the next <laughs> you, you made my entire week. I cannot wait. I'm, I'm sad I have to wait so long. Uh, but no. <laughs> I'm so happy to look forward to it. Oh, I'm so glad. But yeah, he's, he's, um, the Russian is getting his love story. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so have have you read anything that you'd love to recommend to fellow readers lately yes yeah you know um there is an author that just sort of came onto the scene um she her first book came out over the summer and the second one just came out named Kara Bastone it's um her first name is C-A-R-A Kara and um she has a series set in Brooklyn um mm. And it, um, the first one is called Just a Heartbeat Away. And, oh my gosh, I don't have the books in front of me. I wish I did, because I would tell you what the name of the second one is. But um, it, it is, when I read this, the, Just a Heartbeat Away, I was blown away. Um, I could not put that book down. She is such a phenomenal writer. It's a um, um, an age gap romance. It's about a oh, 40, uh, 40-year-old widow who falls in love with his son's um preschool teacher oh and and she's like 29 28 29 so there's an age gap there and both of these people just have um are are dealing with so many deep issues in their lives and it is one of the most beautiful stories that I have read in so so long and so I'm like recommending that book to like I just grab random people on the street and I'm like have you read (laughs) Um, well now I'm going to I like right away. I love books yes. like this. I, I do <laughs> Although, too. It's so she's just such a wordsmith and it's just a beautiful story. And so um I definitely recommend her. And then as I mentioned, Alexa Martin, I recommend her to everybody right now. Oh, she's like a she's, goddess of yes. just yeah. everything. Yep. I, I know. I can't wait to read her latest book. I think it's already out. Yes, snapped. Yep, yep. It's out. And I'm, it's I'm so very good. excited about it. I bet. Well, thank you so much for joining oh, us today. Thank you. It has been such 
an enormous pleasure to have you and to learn from you and hear uh, your process and everything about what you do. And of course, to read your novels. <laughs> and, you know, before you leave us, I wanted to know if there was anything, if you had any final thoughts that you wanted to share with your fans and where your fans can find your books or yeah. you online or social media to get in contact with you. Yeah, for sure. So I'm on Twitter way too much at Lista K Adams. Um, you know, so way too much for my mental health, but you'll find me there a lot. And and on Instagram, I am on Instagram at Lista K Adams. My daughter informs me that I'm terrible at Instagram, but I am there. <laughs> so I finally have turned that over to my 15-year-old daughter. And I'm like, well, then you do it for, you know. But um, so she's giving me all kinds of good tips. But yeah, so I'm on social media, but, um, you know, honestly, um, the, the books, you know, I'm just, it's so nice to hear from readers who have found my stories and are enjoying them. And I just could not be more grateful, you know, to, um, to all of the readers who, who are enjoying these, the antics of my, my bros, as I call them. <laughs> oh, we love so them so. Everybody... <laughs> So thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming. Thanks yes. for joining us. Okay. So this is the first Tuesday in November. So the first new release day of the month. And November has turned out to be kind of an odd month. Normally, the first Tuesday is the biggest in terms of releases. And yet, as I look at November 3rd, I find that it's comparatively small um, when you look at November 10th. So next week, there'll be tons of new stuff. This week, I feel like there's quite a bit, but not as much as usual. So the first several books are books that you've heard us talk about before on our most anticipated books of November. So I'm going to go through those pretty quickly. Um, Kira is looking forward to White Ivy by Susie Yang. Brooke is very excited about Shadow Sands, which is the second book in the Kate Marshall series by Robert Brinza. Natalia has two books that she's looking forward to this week, um, Instant Karma by Marissa Meyer and The Haunting of Bryn Wilder by Wendy Webb. And Kristen is super excited about the new Charlie N. Holmberg title, and this is Spellbreaker, and it's book one in the Spellbreaker duology. So those are all out this week. And now let's talk about books that we haven't talked about before. So I'm going to talk about The Next Wife by Liz Lawler. And Liz Lawler is one of those authors that I feel like a lot of people either love or hate. I've read one Liz Lawler book and I didn't really like it, but I do want to try her again. And this latest book, which is called The Next Wife, might be the book that I try. So this is about a marriage. And what if your marriage turns out to be everything you don't want? Like a total nightmare. So I don't know, like I wouldn't want a marriage like that, but they're pretty fun to read about. So if that's your thing, you want to check out The Next Wife by Liz Lawler. We then have The Harpy by Megan Hunter. And this book is pretty intriguing because it's almost like a, a supernatural thriller. Um, a husband and wife make this agreement that they're going to start over. Apparently there was some kind of 
problem in their past. And in order to make up for it, the wife gets to hurt the husband three times. And once that's done, everything will be considered even. They can move on. Everything is good. However, as she begins this process of hurting him three times, things change in both unexpected and expected ways. So this is The Harpy, and it is by Megan Hunter. It looks very creepy and very original. We then have... Miss Benson's Beetle. This is by Rachel Joyce, and I do not, absolutely do not like bugs of any kind. So a book about beetles is not something that I would normally be excited about. But this is a historical novel about two women who kind of join forces to go on this kind of road trip um, to learn what they can about this very rare species of beetle. And my understanding is that the beetle is just kind of like a side story. Like it's what, it's the impetus for them to go on this trip. And we learn a lot about their, their growth and their desires. Um, so it looks like kind of a female friendship story, but sort of couched in this whole like exploration of the beetle. So I'm not sure if this is one that I'll pick up. Um, I love a good female friendship novel. But bugs. I, I just don't know. Anyway, this is Miss Benson's Beetle, and it is by Rachel Joyce. We then have A Frenzy of Sparks. This is by Christian Fields. It's set in 1965, and it's compared in some ways to Where the Crawdads Sing, by Delia Owens. And it's a look at what happens when circumstances cause children to grow up too fast. It's a look at politics, at tragedy, at race, and just a quick kind of glimpse into what life might have been like in 1965. And it is A Frenzy of Sparks by Kristen Fields. I don't have many more, but I do have some young adult titles that I wanted to tell you about. First up is Send Me Their Souls. This is the third novel in the Bring Me Their Hearts duology, uh, trilogy by Sarah Wolf. And this is young adult fantasy about witches, but not witches in like our world. So um, not the whole like, you know, you live in, in Seattle or New York City and you're a witch. This is which is in a completely fabricated world. Um, I have book one, which is called Bring Me Their Hearts, sitting on my iPad. I've been wanting to read it for a long time, and I just haven't gotten around to it, but I really want to. So if you are more current in the series and you're ready for the third book, you might want to check it out. It is Send Me Their Souls, Bring Me Their Hearts, book three by Sarah Wolf. We then have one that I'm really looking forward to. This is The Ravens, and it's Ravens book one. It is co-authored by Cass Morgan and Danielle Page. I love Danielle Page. She has written some really awesome YA fantasy. I really love her take on The Wizard of Oz, which is um, the Dorothy Must Die series. And she has some other series as well. But And Cass Morgan is best known for her 100 series, which was then made into like a Netflix show, it's a science fiction. So this 
um, is young adult fantasy. It's also about witches. It's about a sorority of witches who get caught up in some dark magic. And these two girls who are kind of unwillingly drawn along. Um, it looks really, really excellent. I think both of these authors, especially Danielle Page, is super talented. And I cannot wait to see what this is like. So it is The Ravens. Ravens book one and it is by Danielle Page and Cass Morgan and last up see this was a pretty short new books episode last up is Beautiful Wild by Anna Godberson and this is a story that takes place aboard a ship there is some romance some intrigue um it's set among like the high society. So it's got kind of the glitz and glamour that you would come to expect from Anna Godberson, especially if you've read like her Lux series. Um, I read the first Lux book and I did really enjoy it. And the idea of a book set aboard a ship is pretty cool. So this is one that I think I want to check out. So this is Beautiful Wild and it is by Anna Godberson. So that is all of the new books that I have for you this week. I promise that next week you'll have a much bigger selection. And because we did the Lissa K. Adams interview today, if you are looking for more contemporary romance to read, stay tuned for Friday's episode where Stacey, Natalia, Sarah, and I will give you even more great romance recommendations. <laughs> If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, it kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody. Mm -hmm.